The past year saw new advancements in power, with more to come in the new year. But nothing man-made can compare to the power of God's Word. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah considers the impact of that power in the life of a believer who reads and obeys the Bible. With a special message for the new year, here's David to introduce the power of God's Word in your life. And thank you for joining us. You know, the epistles uh, of Paul were written to um, many and, and to young preachers like Timothy. And there he has instruction for young preachers today and for all of us who are preachers. Here is a passage of Scripture that we're going to study for the next two days that will tell us about how God's Word can empower us and make us um, men and women of spiritual influence. I hope you'll be with us both days. We'll start in just a moment as we look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. Couldn't be more excited than I am about this year's devotional. It's a beautiful 392-page book called Moments with God, a soft leather cover. It's a gift book size. And in this book, you will find devotional readings for every day in the coming year. Scripture reference that correlates to each devotional and all kinds of wonderful ways to jumpstart your life every day in 2023. This beautiful, beautiful book is available to you for a gift of any size in these last two or three days of December. So why don't you sit down today and make sure you get your copy. Send a gift of any size to Turning Point. Make it your best gift. It's a year-end time, very important giving time for us. And uh, you can help us with your gift. And when you do, we want to bless you with this book, Moments with God. Simply ask for it when you send your gift today. Well, before us right now is part one of the power of God's Word in your life. It is no wonder that Paul the Apostle continually reminded those who would read his letters of the importance and priority of God's Word. And he seemed to especially put his emphasis on this when he was writing to his young understudies in ministry, to Titus and to Timothy. Over and over again in his letters to Timothy, he keeps coming back to the theme of the importance of the scriptures. And in the second letter that he wrote to young Timothy, we have a summary statement that forms the basis for my message this morning. Follow with me as I read from the Bible, 2 Timothy 3, verses 14 through 17. Here are Paul's words to Timothy and by way of the Holy Scripture to all of us. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. These words to young Timothy are a reminder to us as we began the new year that we have the privilege 
of holding in our hands a book which comes from God. This is not a human book. It is not a book which was put together and then was blessed by Almighty God. It is a book which came directly from God's heart and it is ours to hold. It is as if God sent to each of us a love letter, addressed it in our name and put it in our mailbox. And we go to the mailbox and there we find a direct communication from Almighty God to our hearts. The fact that we do not read it or study it is no fault of God's. It was his intention that we know him and his purpose. And so he gave us this book. And some of you will say, but pastor, it is hard to understand. It is only hard to understand when we do not come to it with a purpose in our minds and hearts that we will know God's truth no matter what. And thankfully, God has given us teachers to help us understand his word and to magnify its truth in our lives. As we begin to read Paul's words to Timothy, Paul wants Timothy to know that all of the Bible is scripture, that it's from God. He says it is inspired. And when we read that the Bible is inspired, that it comes from God, it means both the Old and the New Testament is included in that truth. We read of the Old Testament in Second Peter chapter 1, for we read these words, for prophecy never came by the will of man. This is not a man-made book. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. That's how we got this book. Holy men of God spoke or wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So that using their own personality, the Holy Spirit guided them in communicating the exact word which was in the heart of God to us. You say, but what about the New Testament? In 2 Peter Chapter 3 and verse 16, we read, As also in all his epistles, speaking of them in of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. In Peter's mind, the writings of Paul were scripture. He called it the rest of the scripture. Both the Old and the New Testament is the Word of God. We have, in between the covers of this book, everything God wants us to know. In fact, there isn't anything else that God needs to tell us that isn't in this book. You say, does God not speak to us in our hearts? Yes, God speaks to us in our hearts and reminds us of things that He has written to us in His Word. But there isn't any new information from God coming down to us these days. And if you run into people who have a new and fresh revelation that is outside the pages of this book, you know that revelation is not from God. This is God's word to you. Isn't it incredible to think about the fact that you hold in your hands everything God wants you to know? Unbelievable. And that's why in this passage, Paul writing to Timothy says, that the word of God is inspired. That means verbally, every word, and plenarily, throughout its totality, it comes from God. It's God-breathed. That's what it means, inspired. It comes from God. Not only is it inspired, the word of God is inerrant. 
Oh, I hear people all the time say to me, I can't read this book and take it seriously. It's so full of errors. And yet I have never yet been able to put my Bible in their hands and have them show me one. Most of the people who say it's full of errors have never read the Bible. They have heard somebody else say that it's full of errors. So they say it's full of errors because they're looking for ways not to believe what's in this book. Now that there are some hard passages we would all agree. There are some questions that we need to know, but every time I have searched out a question that is supposed to be a contradiction, I have come away from it with a stronger confidence in the Word of God than when I began. The Bible is inerrant. And the Bible is infallible. It always tells the truth. The Bible even tells the truth about the falsehoods that were told by the people whose names are in the Bible. Someone will say, well, look here, this isn't true. No, this is the Bible telling you the truth about the untruth that that person said. It's infallible. And it's authoritative. That means this book is the book I must follow in my life if I want to be a Christian and walk with God. I must take this as God's final word to me. God isn't going to change his mind. My friends, we have so much trouble with the will of God, and most of the time the problems we have with the will of God is especially I talk to young people, there is really no problem with the will of God. The will of God's here. The problem is with the will of the person getting in tune with the will of God. Isn't that the trouble? Somebody said, you know, the problem that I have with the Bible are all the parts I don't understand. The trouble I have with the Bible are all the parts I do understand. Amen? Amen. I know what's going on in the Bible when I read these hard things. This is God's truth. And the Bible says it's not only inspired It's not only inerrant, it's not only infallible, it's not only authoritative, but here's what I want to talk to you about this morning. The Bible's profitable. That means it's good. It does its work. And in these few verses that Paul has given to us, written originally to young Timothy, he tells us the reasons why the Bible is profitable. I want to go through those with you to give you some ammunition as you begin this year to make the Bible even more important this year than it was last year, to make it more of a priority in your life than it's ever been before. First of all, the Bible is profitable because it has the power of evangelization. The Bible is profitable for evangelizing. Notice what it says in verse 15. The Holy Scriptures, watch this, which are able to make you wise unto salvation, which is in Christ Jesus. The Bible is how you become a Christian. The Bible is how you are saved. The Bible is where you get salvation. I want to say this to you, and I want you to listen to me carefully. Nobody ever goes to heaven without the Bible. Nobody ever becomes a Christian without the Bible. There are two things you must have to be a Christian, to become a Christian. One is the Holy Spirit, and the other are the Holy Scriptures. You say, well, I wasn't saved reading the Bible. No, you may not have been saved reading the Bible, but you were saved listening to something somebody said that came from the Bible. Because the message of the gospel is found nowhere else except between the covers of this book. This book is the place where you go if you want to be saved, if you want to be a Christian. 
You're not going to find that in some history book or some sociology book. You won't find it in a book on counseling or psychiatry. You find that message in the Bible. This book is able to make you wise unto salvation. My friend, if you're not a Christian and you don't want to talk to anybody about what it means to be a Christian, the least you can do, and you owe it to yourself to do it, is to read the Bible. And if you read the Bible and you read it seriously, you will become a Christian. John, in his gospel, tells you what you need to do to believe. It's right there for you to read. And if you go through the New Testament, you will find out that over and over again, we are reminded that it's the Bible, the Word of God, that brings us to salvation. James 1.18 says, Of his own will brought us forth by the word of truth. 1 Peter 1.23 says, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God. 2 Peter 1.4 says, By which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that through these promises, this book, you may be made partakers of the divine nature. How did we get God's nature in us? Through the word of God. So, the Bible is profitable for salvation, for evangelization. When we go out to witness to people about their need of Christ, or when I preach a message of evangelism, I have to have this book, because this is where all the truth comes from. This is the book that says we are all sinners and that we cannot be saved by ourselves. This is the book that says God loves us and sent Christ down to this earth to be our Savior. This is the book that says he's not willing that any should perish. This is the book that says if we put our trust in Jesus Christ, he will forgive our sins and he will give us eternal life. This is the book by which you get saved. But it's not just for people who don't know Christ. This is the book that helps you to learn doctrine, to be educated. Notice it says it's profitable for doctrine. I uh, went back to my lexicons this week and I found out that the word doctrine's in the Bible, in the New Testament, 21 times. But it's in First and Second Timothy, 11 of those 21 times. Over and over again, you read the word doctrine. Now, I know that sometimes the word doctrine has come in for a a bad report. Some people say, well, you shouldn't go to that church. They're going to try to indoctrinate you. Or you shouldn't put your kids in those schools because if you go to those schools, they're going to indoctrinate you. And you know what I say? You are absolutely right. We're going to try to indoctrinate you. What we're going to try to do is teach you the doctrine that's in the book. Now, the word doctrine is not a bad word. It's a, it's a Greek word, didaskaleia, which means to teach. We get our term didactic from that word. And it simply is a word which means the gathered up together truth about God, the systematic truth about God from his word. And the Bible teaches us that God's word is profitable to us to know doctrine. You know, one of the sad things about the church today, I think it was Howard Hendricks who said, the church today is 25 miles long and a quarter of an inch deep. And what he meant by that is huge, but it doesn't have any depth to it. Did you know that so many people in our churches don't know even the basic doctrines of the Word of God? You ask them about the doctrine of the Bible or the doctrine of Christ or the second coming of Christ, and they never hear the doctrines of the Word of God. The Bible is profitable for you 
so that you can have doctrine. So you know what you know. You know, there's this thing going around today that you shouldn't really have anything that you know for certain. Everything should be all kind of mental mush. Have you noticed that? You don't have to, nobody knows. You don't know, I don't know, we all don't know. Let's all celebrate what we don't know. You know, isn't that something? And it's almost like if you tell somebody that you know something from the word of God, they look at you like you're strange. You know? Well, how do you know? Well, I just read it in this book. My friends, in a world that is telling us on every side that you cannot know anything, I'm here to tell you there's a whole bunch you can know if you just want to get your nose in this book. This is God's doctrine. This is what God wants us to know. And my friend, you cannot go through life as crazy as it is and not know what you know. The Bible is important for doctrine. And then notice what he says next. The Bible is not only important for evangelization and education, but the Bible is important and it's good for exhortation. It says here, reproof. It says, the word of God is good for reproof. And it's, it's a word which means to exhort. And that's another thing we don't do very much these days. Everybody's right. It's your truth against my truth, but it's all truth. But when you know the Bible, then you know how to exhort in the right way. You know how to reprove. 1 Timothy 5.20 says, Those who are sinning rebuke in the presence of all that the rest may fear. And over and over again in the New Testament, you will find that we have been called to deal with errors in doctrine, errors in conduct, dangers in attitude. Even Paul rebuked Peter. Did you know that? Here are these two major saints in the New Testament. Galatians 2.11 says, When Peter had come to Antioch, Paul withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. Paul rebuked Peter. They had a disagreement. And they were, they were trying to sort it out on the basis of the Word of God. You know, once in a while, friends, when you see your buddies, your friends in the church, young couples maybe that are in your Bible study, you see them going off doing something they shouldn't do. You know what the Bible says you're supposed to do? You're supposed to take this precious book and sit down with them and kindly rebuke them. Sit down with them and say, what you're doing is wrong. You say, well, that's not my job. That's the preacher's job. I don't have time for that for all of you. This has got to be something we do for one another. The Bible says we're to exhort one another. We're to rebuke one another. Now, wait a minute. Make sure it's from the Word of God. Amen. Don't go off on some tangent because it's your preference over theirs. But if you see a friend of yours involved in immorality, I think you have the responsibility to sit down and say, God says that's wrong. And don't do that. As your friend, as your brother, as your sister, I'm asking you on the basis of this book, which says it's for reproof not to take that road because it's going to bring disaster to you and to your family and to everybody that loves you. Amen? The Bible is for the purpose of exhorting one another. It's profitable for that purpose. It's profitable for telling people what they should be doing that they're not doing. I read an account of the 1986 Chernobyl nuclear disaster that illustrates the importance of this kind of interaction 
Here's the report. There were two electrical engineers in the control room that night, and the best thing that could be said for them was that they were doing something they shouldn't have been doing. They were playing around with the machine. Can you believe it? They were performing what the Soviets later described as an unauthorized experiment. They were trying to see how long a turbine would freewheel when they took the power off of it. Now, taking the power off of that kind of a nuclear reactor is a difficult, dangerous thing to do because these reactors are very unstable in their lower stages. And in order to get the reactor down to that kind of power where they could perform the test they were interested in performing, they had to override manually six separate computer-driven alarm systems. One by one, the computers would come up and say, stop, dangerous, go no further. And one by one, rather than shutting off the experiment, they shut off the alarms and they kept going. And you know what happened. Nuclear fallout that was recorded all around the world from the largest industrial accident ever to occur since time began. The instructions and the warnings were neglected. You know what? That's what a lot of people do with the warnings in the Word of God, with the reproofs in the Word of God. They, they override them. They shut the alarm systems off. And one of the things that we're fighting with and one of the reasons why I want to be faithful as a pastor in preaching this book is that the neat thing now in churches is don't ever give any of those warnings. Always say the positive things. Always tell people things that will make them feel good. Never warn them according to the Word of God. Make sure that when they walk out of your church at the end of Sunday service, they walk out with the feel-goods and the warm fuzzies. The only problem is if I do that, I'm overriding the system which God has placed in his book. And all I'm doing is helping you head toward a disaster someplace in your life. By the grace of God, I want to be as positive as any man can be, and I'm really a positive person. I want to be positive and not negative, but most of all, I want to be faithful to what the book says. And I'll tell you the truth, friends. If I come to something in the Bible that's hard for me to preach, I'm going to grit my teeth and preach it. because I know I need it as much as you do, the warnings of the Bible. The Bible's profitable for that. Amen? And then the Bible's profitable for encouraging. It says here that the Holy Scriptures are profitable for reproof and for correction. It means that sometimes we do get off the pathway. How many of you know that? I'm not going to take an inventory this morning, but some of you got off the pathway this last year, didn't you? Just a little bit. You were doing pretty good until March, and then it all went south on you. You know what the Bible's good for? The Bible's good for getting you back on the path that you got off of. That's what the word correcting means. You know, the Bible doesn't give up on you when you fail. The Bible just keeps after you until you get back where you belong. The Bible hunts you down, I promise you. You'll be reading a little devotional reading that you had no reason to believe was directed to you, and all of a sudden, it jumps off the page into your heart, and you realize that God loves you so much, He will never let you go. And no matter what happens in your life, He's after you, and He'll keep after you, always willing that you return, sometimes called the hound of heaven. I hope that you know that you are not forgotten, even though you sometimes forget what you decided to do when you became a Christian. We are very excited about the opportunity that God has given us over this past year to teach the Word of God. And we know that it's not just winning people to Christ that's our focus, but it's building up in the faith those who are already Christians. 
Over the last few weeks, I've met so many people in different places who've told me, I've been listening to the teaching of the Word of God on Turning Point for 30 years or 25 years. Right after I got saved, I found this ministry and I began to listen to it. And the growth that happens when we absorb the Word of God into our spiritual being is just amazing. Thank all of you who are doing that. And may God bless you to do it again in 23. Let the Word of God dwell in your heart richly, says the Scripture. May that be your goal. Don't forget you can get a copy of Moments with God, which is our very special devotional for 2023. It comes to you beautifully covered with a leather, uh, beautiful cover leather and and gold embossed uh, letters on the cover. And the book is shrink wrapped so that it won't be damaged in transit. It'll come to you brand new, so fresh. It's even fun to hold on to it. It's such a beautiful book. But what you read when you open it is the key. Ask for it when you send your gift today. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's special messages for the new year, please visit our website. There you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected, our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's 365-day devotional for 2023, Moments with God. It's a powerful tool for daily inspiration in the year ahead. Perfect as a gift or for your own study. And it's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James versions. Get the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue our special messages for the new year on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Life is filled with moments, and to help encourage powerful moments with the Lord each and every day, Dr. David Jeremiah has written a new book called Moments with God. This beautiful, year-long devotional makes a wonderful companion to your personal Bible study. When you give a generous year-end gift of $120 or more to Turning Point, you'll receive a Moments with God devotional four-pack, one for you and three to share. Donate online at davidjeremiah.ca. That's davidjeremiah.ca. In all we do each day, Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point work to make a global impact for the kingdom of God. But we can't do it alone. That's where Bible Strong Partners come in. These loyal monthly supporters form the foundation of Turning Point, allowing Dr. Jeremiah to teach the whole counsel of God. Partnering with Turning Point enables you to share in the eternal impact of this ministry, leading people to Christ through our media and printed resources, multiplying Bible teaching broadcasts, presenting the gospel around the globe, and strengthening the saints. In appreciation for your partnership, Turning Point wants to provide you with exclusive monthly resources and study guides, member-only communications, an on-demand library of study content, and so much more. Are you ready to see what the Lord will do? Let's expect to change the world together. Go to davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong to become a BibleStrong partner today. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong. The distinguished scientist Albert Einstein expressed amazing uncertainty about how many of his theories were right and would stand the test of time. He summarized by saying, I don't want to be right. I only want to know whether I am right. 
He was less concerned about being right than he was about knowing whether he was right, presumably so he could change what he believed if he discovered it was not true. And we should have the same attitude, being willing to submit all our ideas and theories about life to the standard of God's truth and change whatever we believe that is proved to be wrong. This is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's truth on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.